Welcome to Cali Made Us Do It, a podcast on culture, social issues, and trends rocking our worlds through our three different lenses. With your hosts, Kristen Tony, Jody Moore Lewis, and Alexandra Tennant. My friend set this little like gift. The beach is gonna get whatever body I give it. Alexa, play Brick House. <laughs> Love that. It's so true. This year especially, the beach is getting whatever I come with. Yeah. Cause last Our- year was freaking hard. Exactly. And we deserve to like have fun without having to worry about anything else since we had to worry about so much. But today is the um year anniversary of George Floyd, which um pretty monumental. It's kind of crazy that's been a year. Um but I just thought we should honor him. I know this podcast will come out a little after that, but we're recording on that day. So just wanted to mention that. Does it feel like a year to you guys? Because it feels like just yesterday to me. No, it doesn't feel like a year. Maybe because it's just still like ongoing issues. It feels like two years ago to me. (laughs) It feels like forever. Yeah. There was a a photo released today of his daughter um, at the White House. I think his whole family was there actually, but... Um, this particular photo was of his daughter walking through the doors to the White House and uh, all the emotions came flooding back. Such a powerful, I don't know. There were like so many beautiful images of him and his daughter that came out last summer. I think I was, you know, reading how much because of Every, all the momentum that was had with like the movements this past year, how a lot of states have banned like things like chokeholds and, um, you know, other, it seems like kind of frivolous things that should not just like matter, but like how much that doesn't even make like a dent into the changes that need to be made in this, in the, in what's to come. So... But I'm, I need to watch, I need to see that photo. I haven't seen that photo. It's it's definitely, um, wow, yeah, I can't, like, this time last year. Wow. It was, I mean, the world is still crazy, but um, it felt like we were just in this vortex of um, <laughs> insanity, honestly. You know, it was, because I remember, you know, most places in the world shut down in March, and everyone was kind of talking about May 31st. May 31st was the magic day that everything was going to go away. I remember really vividly because, you know, I was telling at work, you know, we were telling our clients May 31st, May 31st, that's the day that everything will open up. And that's Sunday. Like that's a year ago, (laughs) Sunday, you know, and like we're, I think I just read something. I think America is 50% vaccinated. So we still have a long way to go until the majority of the population just in our country is vaccinated. Um, mm-hmm. And May 31st came and went. Yeah, I'm very interested to see how Memorial Day ha- or what happens. I remember like there was that big spike last year after Memorial because everyone was like, okay, May 31st is going to go away. <laughs> and then everyone went out to the beaches and then um, the spike happened. And I don't think a spike will happen, but I am interested in to see 
how our vaccines are working, like what happens, like especially, you know, I mean, the rest of the world doesn't celebrate Memorial Day, but just what will happen here since we are basically very close, like creeping towards June where we're going to be like fully open and nothing's going to be different. For sure. And or everything I, will be different, I guess. <laughs> I think, you know, I think back to our first conversations kind of started around this time, like, you know, within a couple of weeks of this time and we spent a long time talking we were all in three different states jody you were still in california kristen was in illinois and chicago um and i was in texas and like we were watching the world on fire not able to leave our homes not able to do anything really safely um Kristen and I fled the state pretty much, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that's what it felt like. It felt like throwing everything into our suitcases and getting in the car and just like fleeing, you know, just kind of like not running away, but just, just getting out of there. (sighs) What a, what a year it has been since we started this podcast. Yes. Since we started our first season, we have talked about so many things we have joked and laughed and cried and hugged each other and held each other. And, um, it's been pretty remarkable. Yeah, I know. I love what we've built. And this is our last kind of full episode before we have like our fun episode. (laughs) So don't forget to write in. We will be texting you if you're our friends. We want to hear everything and we want to share everything and we want you to be part of our conversations. Don't forget that's next week. So let us know what you think. Y'all have been asking. Y'all have been asking. <laughs> I've seen y'all texting Kristen. She sent us the text. <laughs> this sh- this your time to shine, baby. <laughs> and we have people listening from all over the world, which is so super cool. So shout out to our listeners in uh, Amsterdam. Shout out to our listeners in Australia. We have people from the East Coast, the South, the West Coast, Illinois, literally all over the world. South Africa. That's crazy. That's so cool. Hello. (laughs) Hello. This is your time to be featured on a podcast. (laughs) But also speaking of shattering like goals, did you see Simone's never done before double pike? What's it called? Double pike flip. (laughs) It's way more intricate than double pike flip, but like. Hilarious. It Um... was. I got to find the name of it, but yeah, it's never been performed. I mean, it's never been performed in a, in a competition. Yeah. Uh, and she landed it. She landed the shit out of it. Um, it was She's my hero. First like, of all, <laughs> she's like, a fucking beast. She's amazing. Amazing. Her little amazing boyfriend. Human. Wait, is she 21? I'll look up how old Simone Biles is. Before I speak on her little boyfriend. <laughs> She's 24. Perfect. Her little boyfriend. Okay. He is so fine. I love that we had to just double check the ages before we started talking. Because <laughs> it, it, it matters. Like the language changes. It's like sure. got a little cute little cute yeah. little boyfriend. Or he. Oh, hello boyfriend. Fine. leave it to Kristen to let us know where the hot men are (sighs) any other incredible things happened to y'all or that you saw this week so far 
Not for hot gives, but just like hot takes. Um, or maybe it's just getting to be in Palm Springs. Maybe that is just like a happy hot take. Oh yeah, we're recording from Palm Springs. It's uh, not Jody. Jody wishes she was recording in Palm Springs <laughs> <laughs> for season two. We will have the traveling. Um, Callie made us do it. Maybe we won't be in Cali. Maybe we'll be somewhere else made us do it. The world made us do it. <laughs> the, the world, world made us do it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's been nice. It's been um, very relaxing. A change of scenery, I think. The, a needed change of scenery for everybody and a nice kind of, it feels like a start to summertime. Feels like a little bit of normalcy we're getting back to um which is yeah um, and there's just like a vortex when you go into palm springs it just feels like ah like you're just relaxed super just, relaxed <laughs> and like you're like transported into like another era and it feels groovy baby <laughs> it does it feels very zen uh kirsten and i took a little driving tour to go see like elvis's house and some of the famous landmark houses here um yeah it's just nice it's nice to be out of the city it's nice we have uh this particular house that we're recording from right now has a gorgeous view of the mountains and palm trees everywhere so we can't complain we can't complain yeah sounds lovely what's funny is um, in my class, in my acting class, my teacher, I did a play that's based in Palm Springs and she was like, and she's, she's older. She grew up in like that era where Palm Springs was like becoming its thing. And she's like, do you like Palm Springs? It just, I, I feel so creeped out. It's like, there's just dead people walking around and ghosts and all of that, which I thought was such an interesting take because I'm like, she's like, I just feel like there's bodies buried in the desert out there. And I'm like, that could be a thing. I mean, <laughs> it probably is. I'm really glad that I don't see Palm Springs that way, but it could make for a fun, juicy well, story. I definitely imagine Palm Springs being a lot different back in her day <laughs> than in our day. Now yeah. the Coachella and the stagecoach and all the festivals have made Palm Springs like this destination place. And the, and the gays. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the gays. The gays the and the she's they, they's they and they's. <laughs> she's, she's they's and gays. She's they's and gays. Love it. <laughs> well, speaking of everyone but the she's they's and gays, I know we wanted to get into a um, a topic that kind of uh, hits a nerve. Um, so Alex, I think, wants to take talk about mansplaining. So let's get into that. So, Hotness. yeah, I mean, okay, you know, we're all on these personal journeys, right? Um, I think all of us are in therapy. We're all trying to be a little bit more zen, let things flow a little bit more and, and not, uh, you know, focus into negativity. But something happened last week that really struck a nerve <laughs> with me. And it struck a nerve so much that I remember texting Kristen and Jody um, that I had this great idea of something that I wanted to talk about with them because I know that it's something that both of them 
have also experienced. Last week, I was mansplained too. <laughs> we all know what mansplaining is, right? I have mm-hmm. the the official definition. And I think it's in Webster's now. Like, I think that's an actual word that's in Webster's dictionary. Um, it is the explanation of something by a man, typically to a woman, in a manner regarded as condescending or patronizing. Ugh. So freaking annoying. So what... Can you tell us the incident? Like, what was the man's man trying to explain? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I can do it in a nutshell while protecting all identities. Um, Yeah, it was just, it was... Good journalism here, guys. (laughs) (laughs) It was a situation um, where I had made a judgment call, you know, about the best plan of action, the best way to move forward with something. And um, somebody close to me that I I respect decided to basically tell me how to do the thing, basically give me instructions on what I was doing, you know, and it's this like, well, I can't, I don't want to generalize, right? But I feel like there's a pattern of men um, thinking that maybe their solutions are superior or their solutions to problems are better. So they, they kind of tell you, how to do things. I think some of them are conscious of it. Others, it's like a subconscious reaction to something, but it really ticked me off. Right. Because like, I've been doing what I do for a really long time. I think I'm pretty good at it because I've been doing it for a long time and I've fucked up a lot. Right. Like I've messed up and I've learned and I don't know. It was just like having someone, I, I, I knew the plan of action to take. I knew the best solution that I needed to do for the problem. And then I was kind of told the best way how to do a problem. I didn't ask for a solution. I didn't ask for suggestions. I didn't ask for advice. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with asking when I need it. I, I, I ask questions all the time, but you know, I didn't ask and it was like laid out for me. And I was like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, that was my plan all along. (laughs) And it just like, yeah, I think it's it's kind of the the it's kind of like a microaggression. I mean, would you say like it feels like it feels aggressive. It feels like it's meant to make me feel less smart or less capable. Mm-hmm. And I know that that we've all experienced it. Do you guys have you know, what are your thoughts? What is your past experience with this? I I mean, I had a lot of it working as a woman in the bar. uh, I mean, from everywhere from coworkers to patrons that are not, don't even know 10% of what I know. Um, And I mean, I've always thought of it. I didn't really think of it as like a, like aggressive, that way of thinking of it, like, uh, like they were intentionally trying to say I'm better than you. But I did always feel like they didn't know what they didn't think I knew what I was doing, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. nothing about I don't think they were thinking about me at all <laughs> other than, oh, you know, what I'm saying like she like just she doesn't know. Let me tell her before even asking if I knew um, I, I vividly remember a patron sitting at my bar and he was talking to his friend and uh I want to say was like 
he was talking about tequilas. And I don't remember exactly what he was saying, but whatever he's saying wasn't right. But I didn't, we're, we're taught not to correct people at the bar. So I didn't say anything. Um, but then he asked me a question, <laughs> like, and like to try to like, like, did, like, did you know? And I was like, oh, well, actually, yeah. And he goes, oh, so you're like, like, you're like, you're like an expert in this. And I was like, sir, yeah, I do this every day. I, I could go on and on and on about the bar. Somebody told me how to make a Paloma. A Paloma. <sighs> Where to begin? Where to begin? To be quite honest, I'm not really sure if I had specific, like, mansplaining, like, in a field of like expertise, but there definitely has been that feeling of like a man abusing his power, abusing his authority with me a lot. Like I've had a lot of managers, especially in the restaurant industry. Um, and I remember one, Kristen. <laughs> I was about to say, I think I know this guy. <laughs> and I cannot remember what the hell I was doing. Nothing, I'm a very capable server. I love food. I love to learn everything there is about it. I really appreciate like the um, the customer service aspect. And at that time, I was working two serving jobs. So I was working at um, my old job uh, at this trendy Mexican restaurant. <laughs> and I think it was when we had like some sort of cooler in the front where we served like uh, pre-made food, pre-made lunches or something, like snacks or something, maybe from the bakery I, and I might have asked like a question, like very simple because I just wanted to make sure I was like lining something up right. And he literally said, Jody, this isn't rocket science. It's not like you're serving chips and salsa, the pink taco. Whoa, you're, and that was the name of my trendy Mexican restaurant was I worked at mm. a place called Pink Taco. And it just took me aback because I was like, I literally just asked a simple question. And then there was like a jab with like my place of where I was working other than there. And then of my like intelligence, because I'm doing a simple task, but like, I know that this is needs to be presented in a certain well, like that just, and ever since then, I always noticed um, this particular manager just always had like little tiny digs. You could ask like this, like, and it was always with questions. It was like how there's no, not supposed to be any dumb questions. And it was like, every question was a dumb question when it came to him. I just didn't think that, uh, I, I, I didn't let it get to me where like it get me down. I obviously didn't quit immediately where I was like, okay, you are just a fucking abuser of your position. And like, you only do this to women. Like I, it wasn't just me. I noticed it with other people, but there is this thing. I just feel like with some men, like we said, we're not generalizing, but it just doesn't feel good as women because it's not like it's an isolated incident. Like it has happened before in other instances with other men treating us in a way where we, where they are, it almost feels like they're wanting to put us in our place, remind us of where we belong. And like now this Jody would not have like, you know, like Kristen, like there's just sometimes where you just have to bite your tongue and move on. Like, okay, I'm just not gonna put myself in this situation again, but now this Jody, I don't. I'd like to think that I would not just like bite my tongue. <laughs> I'd put him back in his place. <laughs> the guy you're talking about too, I hate it when he did it too because he would grab your shoulder and like like you were a kid and be like, listen, 
<laughs> like, sir, get away from me. I just need to know if the special is the same today as it was yesterday. We talk so much about male confidence. Um, yeah, just in, in all aspects of life, right? We, we hear about men um, asking to get paid more when they are hired for jobs. Um, just in general, I think that that men have maybe a higher sense of confidence. I don't know. I don't know where the, this need to correct, to overcorrect, um, to show or display intelligence or what maybe they think is intelligence, but really is like redundancy. I, I don't know where that comes from. Um, but, you know, Jody, like you said, the Jody now wouldn't take it. I think as... I think it becomes more apparent as we evolve as women and we kind of grow into ourselves and our own power and we're able to not only identify it, but react in an appropriate way. Yeah. It's just, I feel like this is kind of in the theme of like our first little like few episodes on this podcast, but it's just as like men are just have zero awareness of what they're doing. And it's like they're not truly even listening to their counterparts, aka their the women, to actually hear what they have to offer. And they're just waiting for you to end it so they can step in and quote unquote save the day. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some like deeper, like watching how their dads treated their moms like back in the day. Maybe they're reliving that sort of psychology or just like reading and seeing the way women have been portrayed in been portrayed in media you know like it's not been that it's it's not been that recent that we've been really lifted up in who we are as as a gender or as like a, a human um i actually like googled mansplaining too and i saw that forbes actually has the manologue and Manterrupting and manterrupting is a scientifically proven issue and occurs when a woman is interrupted by a man simply because she is a woman. And the University of California Santa Barbara studied a University of California Santa Barbara study found that 47 out of 48 interruptions in mixed gender conversations consisted of men interrupting women. 47 out of 48. A research study discovered that men are three times more likely to interrupt a female than one another. And the same research revealed that men were likely to talk over women in meetings in a dominant, aggressive manner that silenced everyone else in the room. And when was this article from Forbes written? 2021. This was from May. I'm shaking my head like hard. I just in complete agreement. Her head's about to fall off. She's shaking it so damn hard. <laughs> Look, we're not man haters on this podcast. Like we are all heterosexual cis women. Um, two of us are married. Um, we love men, we love guys, but like there's some issues <laughs> that we gotta we gotta come to a common ground because it's things like this that and it's true. How many times have you guys been interviewed interrupted by a guy? I have so often. And it doesn't matter, it could be someone that is a superior, or someone that's an equal, or somebody that you know doesn't have as much knowledge or experience as you. I'm exhausted by it, clearly. <laughs> well, the fact that these are like scientifically proven words, mansplaining, manerupted, manologue, like that is a problem in itself that they have to be like science, scientifically studied because that's a problem. Do you think it's 
you know, I guess this episode is kind of more of an event, <laughs> you know, um, but do you, because I think about this a lot, like I think about my husband and he's very respectful and I'm not saying that he hasn't ever mansplained some things to me, like I'm sure it, it it's happened and it's obviously a little bit different coming from somebody that you're close with, but like, is it something that is is it a behavior that is taught? Is it a behavior that is observed? Like, where does this behavior, where does it come from? Do they go to a special mansplain school <laughs> and they like learn this and then they get master's degrees in it and they, you know, like where is it society? Is it culture? Do they see it in TV and film and think that it's okay? Is it reflecting art, so to speak? Like where, where does it come from? And then how as women do we express and try to teach and demonstrate a different way of communicating because this ain't it. <laughs> it's not, that ain't it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like, it's probably different per man to man, but like I said, it's not been that recent where women have been in the forefront of conversations and women have been the focus of stories and of, other than just being like the pretty one, the ingenue, you know, like, like there's more depth to women. We've always known that, but it's now being like spoken about and talked about and shown. And, and I think like, this just reminds me, and this is probably one little drop in the ocean of all things man psychology. But I remember this episode on um, Parks and Rec with, uh, Rashida Jones's character and Rob Lowe's character, Chris, I think that's his name in, in the show, and they're dating and, and she's pregnant and he wants to do everything he can to like make her feel better. So he's literally just like reading all the books, telling her everything. Like maybe you're feeling, get this, this, that, that. How can I do this? Can I cook this? Da, 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 like trying, and she's just like so overwhelmed and like annoyed and like, I forget who ends up telling him. Maybe she told him. She was like, honestly, I just need you to be like, this sucks. And that's it. Like, don't try to explain it away. Don't try to make me feel better. Don't try to do anything. Like, just allow me to feel whatever I'm feeling. And you just be like, yeah. Like holding the space, I guess, instead of trying to fix. And maybe that's kind of like... <laughs> the positive side of this, like they're trying to like help. They're trying to step in and like, you know, but they're not realizing at the end, like, you know, as Anne's character, she's like, I'm not a helpless pregnant woman. I'm fully capable, but I'm just uncomfortable and I have hormones and da 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 da. And we're not helpless women. We're human where we, we don't have to be better. We don't have to be just as good. We can mess up. We can be better. We can, excel we cannot we can and it doesn't matter it doesn't make us any less but that's just it reminded me of parks and rec and i benched it over quarantine and made me really happy <laughs> well i found something that can probably help a lot of people i'm well, glad because mine was just like out of love field <laughs> so we'll we'll link to this in the show notes but um as i was trying to kind of soothe this situation and figure out why this happens it really frustrated me you know, that this happened. I, I started to do some research and I knew that we were going to sit today and talk about it. And I found an article on bbc.com and 
It's by a woman named Kim Goodwin. Now, I, I'm not sure what she does, if she works for the BBC or, um, yeah, what she does. Um, but she made this incredible chart. And I think I, I texted it to you guys. And we'll also put it on the on our Instagram slide so that you can have it for easy access. The chart is called Am I Mansplaining? <laughs> And I personally think that this should be up in every office, every workplace. It should be in every employee handbook. And it's really good. So it, it starts with the first question. Did she ask you to explain it? <laughs> and gives you two options, yes or no. And then kind of goes through a series of questions that a person can ask themselves to see like, hey, is, is this advice that was kind of asked for? Is it input that was, you know, asked for and needed? Or are you mansplaining to the person? Like, do you, do you think that she can figure it out on her own? It's a great chart. Obviously, it's a visual. I, I'm not going to talk through it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but they, the, the outcomes are, are funny because it has, you can be probably mansplaining, definitely mansplaining, or just stop talking now. <laughs> just stop talking now. Just stop. Just stop talking now. But I think what you said, Jody, is correct. And it's really important is that like tradition, not even traditionally, but historically, we haven't been shown that we can do everything like in, in media and we have, we have our first female vice president now. So it's, it's almost like this, you know, we talk about like generational trauma. It's almost like it's embedded in our veins that the expectation that women would know, would have the answers, would be the leaders isn't there. And it's changing. It's changing really quickly, but then behavior has to change with it, right? We have to have the expectation across the board that we're able to execute jobs exactly like a man will, probably better. <laughs> I'm biased. Yeah. And I guess, I don't know, what kind of makes me a little angry about it though, is like, it's up to women <laughs> to call it out. Like we have to be the one doing the grunt work and being like, hey, dude, you know that I know what you're talking about. You're kind of mansplaining. And then we have to take the we have to accept or not accept, but like be prepared if they're like, well, you're a bitch. Like, you know, like and I don't know any other way around it other than us just constantly having to call it out because they're not going to call each other out. I mean, unless they unless a guy is like oh was I totally mansplaining like if they have that sense of awareness but maybe that's a good thing we're talking about it because it is just like people don't men especially don't understand their impact on women and haven't really taken the time to understand what their words mean and their demeanor means and like actually what respect is and that we're not these delicate flowers. Like, okay, if we're in a wrestling match together, then yeah, be gentle. But like, if we're in a word match, if we're debating, if we're talking, acting, or even fucking vaccines now, you know, put me up in the rink. <laughs> like, we, you don't need to be delicate with me and you don't need to tell me what I already know. Yeah, so it's, it's we have to change the, the language about around leadership, around assertiveness. Um, we have to make it okay. It's okay. And, and it is, I think it, it's slowly changing. Like we're, you know, young women, I think are becoming more assertive. 
I think social media and the internet has had a really big impact on that of women being able to be like, this is my story. These are my wants, my likes, my desires. These are my feelings and my thoughts. I think therefore I am Billie Eilish. (laughs) (laughs) Freaking awesome song. I love her. I'm huge, huge Billie Eilish fan. Um, but yeah, it's it's almost like you're damned if you do. You know, if you don't and you sit back and you take it, it feels like a part of you is being kind of muffled or suffocated. And then if you speak up, you're labeled as something super negative. Sucks. Fucking lose-lose. Yeah, it sucks. It totally, totally sucks. And yeah, we just we have to change the way that we think. We have to. I think it's cool because the three of us are in it the industry where I think that is the catalyst for that. I think that television and film and entertainment, you know, showing images, showing women in positions of power, changing the language that we use around it, powerful and being able to have power and femininity exist in the same place, you know, creating characters that have both of those things, creating stories that have both of those things. I think will be a huge part of the change. Um, but we need more of it. Hopefully, you know, Kamala's in office and... Oh, and then we can even talk about her. Pence's man erupting and her famous, I'm speaking. Bow down, bitches. I'm speaking, Mr. President. I still want a t-shirt that says that. That's like one of my favorite lines ever in life. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was such a historic moment. Oh my gosh. I remember us sitting in front of the TV and being like, yes, girl. Yes, yes. we need more of that. That is how you stand up for yourself in front of, and keep your composure and answer a question about foreign politics super eloquently <laughs> she nailed it and in then heels why landed on his head that oh that was great oh gosh yeah youtube youtube the uh, vice presidential debate if you don't know what we're talking about because it was pretty Which, epic i i feel like if you listen to our podcast you know what we're talking about but yeah. if you don't then <laughs> I'm also kind of like, too, like even not even just art, but just reading a book, like reading, understanding yourself. I feel like once you understand yourself, you kind of under, you have a little bit more of awareness. That doesn't mean that you're not going to make mistakes. You know, I think especially white women. And unfortunately, there's probably been times on this podcast where I've done it to y'all. But like as white women, too, like we're known to interrupt too, uh, interrupt women of color. Um so, you know, it's, it, it, there's like a trickle down, right? Like the men are at the top of the food chain and then we, we work our way, our way down. And it's this idea of like, I've always had a, you know, just speaking for myself, I've always had a, a privilege to speak. People always wanted to listen to me, you know, like it wasn't, I never really felt shut down in, in a way that comes to like race, you know? I definitely can go into like my whole like needing to be seen and other like <laughs> deep seated issues. But, you know, there's also that element as well. So I'm sure as black women, especially, you're not only feeling it from men, but you're probably feeling it from a lot of white women as well who think they're being helpful. 
I just want to be completely clear that I just realized that every time I was talking, you couldn't hear me because it was muted. <laughs> you oh just no. thought we were. I didn't think you were talking. I oh thought no. you were just. I thought you were I mean, feeling after a while, well. No, after a while, I stopped because I was like, okay, well. <laughs> I thought but, we were ignoring you. But then when you guys brought up the Kamala thing and I was talking about the Kamala thing, I was like, oh no, they didn't hear me. <laughs> Kristen thought we were both mansplaining her, man-erupting her. And you don't even know that. I mean, the listeners can't see, but my screen's kind of dark, too, because I'm in a dark room. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, can. I couldn't see you talking. I just, I did see you start, like, laughing for a minute, and I was like, oh, ha, she's, like, she's feeling okay. <laughs> we got jokes, Alex. Our, one, our, two, our two women show for the one girl in the audience. Well, I did find, of course, it's BuzzFeed, um, an article that was, like, Women sharing the stupidest thing a man has ever mansplained to them. Ooh. <laughs> Let's hear it. Okay. Um, so this one says, So this one time I was showering with a man and cleaning my lady parts. Knowing that I'm prone to UTIs and yeast infections, I clean it a specific way, which includes not putting soap up my vagina. This man told me that I should be putting soap in my vagina. When I explained to him how that can actually irritate the pH, pH the pH levels in the vagina, and it's actually advised not to do that, he took the soap and put it in my vagina and then explained to me how soap is important when you're cleaning a vagina, and then I got a yeast infection. <laughs> you can't. You can't tell us how to clean our vaginas. I don't know like, no. who needs to hear this or how to say it, but like you, if you do not have a vagina, please do not <laughs> share how you think a vagina should be cleaned. So a man took me to get tacos. I'm eating the chips before we get our meal. And he's like, do you like the salsa? And I'm like, yeah, I do. It's good. And he's like, do you know that if you like the salsa? <laughs> do you know that if you like the salsa, you could actually put that on your tacos too? <laughs> I was like. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Sherlock. <laughs> what would we do without you? The world needs more of you because all of the crimes would be solved. I once had a man break down exactly how much pain women feel during childbirth after I told him I had delivered two nine pound babies without an epidural. Like, sir, I did not stress my stress test my taint just to have an illiterate argue with me about it. <laughs> I love how feisty these women are. They're just like, screw you. And it's it's about like the most personal, like female, like very, very specific female things, right? Like we're not talking about this. It's not even like my situation where it was something that happened at work that could be any gender, you know? I don't really need to tell you how to wash your balls. So please <laughs> let me let me figure out my own flap situation. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. The moment you've all been waiting for. Our hot gifts. So I don't know if this is I, every time I always feel like I always start with this. Like I don't know if this is new. Not that it has to be new, but I'm finally watching it and I'm loving it and I'm sharing it. Okay. So um, mayor of East Town. No! Was that gonna be yours? <laughs> not, not only was it mine, not only was it mine, but it was me and Alex's. So, can we just, okay, I'm only, we just finished episode three. 
So I'm a little okay. bit. Are y'all caught up? Because the final is on Sunday. We are caught up, and this is hilarious. Um, I I just I first off I want to say um I get pissed at Alex all the time because Alex is like the recruitment of new things to watch, right? She's always looking and she's always like, okay, let's start this. Let's start that. And have explicitly told her if it's something good and I can't binge it all the way through, we're going to have problems, right? We found out on episode four. Four. Waiting a whole week is so cringy. It's cringy. Okay, but there's a, I kind of romanticize it, you know? Okay, so this is way better than The Undoing, 100% better. But The Undoing, if y'all, it was another HBO show that came out with Nicole Kidman and, and Hugh Grant back in the fall. I think it only worked if you did not binge it. Because if you binged it, it was not a satisfying ending where like you, each week you were like, who did it? Who did it? And then when the ending came and it was like this obvious thing, you were like, oh, you understood kind of like the psychology behind like you want you want it to be someone else and then it ends up not and da 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 and you but you have the building tension to the end but for this one i don't know i've i've binged three episodes we'll probably watch another one after this we'll probably i'm gonna tr- watch the final one on sunday but like has it been like even though you're like god i want to watch the next episode is there like a beauty in the waiting because i won't know what that feels like because i can binge it right now no, Let Alex go. <laughs> Alex go. So Alex, I'm on episode three, so no spoilers after three. I'm, I'm actually really glad. I think it's great that this is all of our hot gifts this week because we actually we watched Saturday Night Live did a spoof, um, the last episode of it, which freaking I was like flat on my back. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, I have I'll like have to watch I have that. so many things, and it, maybe we should wait until the series is over and Jody, you get caught up. But first of all, first and foremost, first, first and foremost, first of all, okay. Kate Winslet. Winslet. Winslet can what could she not she, fucking do? Rose will, <laughs> you will never come for Rose, period. Don't come for Rose. Don't ever You're going to pay her Rose. like your French girls. You're going to pay if, her like your London girls, you your American person, girls, all the girls. If she, you meet a person. She's going to spit on deck. It's all happening. If you meet a person born between 1985 and 1990, don't ever, don't you dare, don't you ever come for Kate Winslet, okay? Because you, you guys don't know what it was like in 1997 going to the movie theater multiple times a day to watch Titanic that's in and Leo and their friends in real life it okay so the longest movie in the world <laughs> you don't like Kate Winslet we can never be friends you could never talk to me again um I just th- there isn't there isn't there's nothing that she can't do there's nothing that she can't do I will watch her in a brown paper bag um I mean she's basically wearing one yeah. yeah, walking through the valley. I will watch her. There's been a lot of talk about her accent. And it's funny to me because to me, I, I'm not familiar with that area of the East Coast, but it seems kind of accurate, like kind of this middle bit between the North, like the mm-hmm. New York and Boston states and like the Southern. Jody, you might be able to give us a little bit. I mean, I'm right? super, you know, I'm North Carolina, so it's mostly Southern. Like I, I, it does feel like the perfect blend between Midwestern and Northeastern. 
I feel like there's a bit of like Michigan in Mm -hmm. there, but there's also like I can feel a little Boston. I mean, I'm super generic when it comes to those accents. Like, but I, I mean, I believe it. I I fucking believe it. She's nailing it. Yeah. I don't, I don't care about her accent. I think she's nailing it. I, I will speak on the undoing versus this one, Mayor of Easttown. The undoing, if you haven't watched it, uh spoiler alert turn it off um <laughs> just go straight to the yeah, last i only episode. mentioned that because of the binge thing i yeah. really but uh my thing with the undoing and why it didn't work if you binge it is because you don't get shit <laughs> yeah nicole kidman she's amazing but in that she just is kind of the same the whole time no i mean she's good they didn't give us anything Oh, I see what you're us, saying. They didn't give us any clues. They didn't give us, they just kept dropping, like they just kept saying stuff. But like we didn't, there was no like, oh, now it's him. It was probably them. It was just like, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. Finale, oh, that that's what happened. And this one, we get like- <laughs> So much. We get so much. And you're only on episode three, but I mean- Wait until you see five, Jody. Oh my gosh. Like, that's what oh, my four. friend said. It gets no. like zero to a hundred. Four. Four is the one. So this four episode is... we're going to watch tonight. Oh my God. Four is the game changer episode for sure. Like things move. At Which is insane because four. one through three already is chock full of just oh. like goodies. And like, and, and that's what Frankie said too. We, when we watched um, episode three last night. He's like, oh my gosh, like so much is going on. I'm like, normally you're like wanting to get to the end because they're not giving you anything like what you just said. Like literally he's always like, it's just, why can't they just tell us what it is? And like, because then it's going to be over and it should have been a movie, not a TV show. But this like, it's moving because it is full of so much stuff. Like this town needs some work. I mean, and it also proves, it it does prove something that you don't have to drag something, one thing out the entire season. Mm -hmm. You can give us different things to look forward to. I think Ozark's good at that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think, yeah, that, I mean, it's well done. Well done. Her character is so complex. Again, in my book, she can't do anything wrong. I'm sad. Like I get, I think Kristen and I both <laughs> probably get this, like the end of series blues. Like, you know, you do know that you're coming up to the last one and you, you want to keep going and you want the story to keep going. Yeah. I just, oh, it, it, there's, there's so many things without mm-hmm. giving spoilers away. It is, it's a really cool show. HBO is man, their content. They are just grabbing up Killing it. the, I mean, they always have, like, they've always had really, really special content on there. Um, but this last year, they they brought what they were supposed to bring. Mm-hmm. They, it gave me what it was supposed to have given. <laughs> yes. Yes. HBO has just been hot given to us. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if you are living I mean, under a rock. Sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I, sorry, I unmuted and I couldn't. I couldn't find the mute again. <laughs> I don't want you to find the mute again. Me neither. <laughs> um, I, what was I gonna say? Oh, um, and I just want to mention that we have seen a couple of these um, quarantine 
movies. Like, oh. where, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like, the social distance. Like, you can see that it was shot in 2020. Like, all I gotta say is, wow. Just the obstacle on top of it. Mayor, Mayor of East Town, you... You deserve all the all the accolades. So I don't think I've I've looked into this. So a is this based off a book? I don't know. I don't think it is. I did. It doesn't say like based off at the beginning, but um. So this was shot in 2020 during during the pandemic. I did I not know so. that. I think so. We should probably look it up. It does look like it. There's some parts where they're not really close. Like there's only two characters really that are like next to each other. So that's why I guess mm-hmm. it seems that way. Mm-hmm. Well, if um, anything, they probably have pickups to do, regardless if they. Yeah. Um, but if it was, this was we should probably look into that. But if it was, this was the best. I mean, we just watched what was it, Alex, that we watched the other day with uh, what's the pretty girl, the pretty blonde? Oh, chick? Amanda Seyfried. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That movie. Netflix. Bank? Things the women oh not the woman in the window the woman in the window was one that was quarantine shot um but the other one is things unheard and seen or something yes that was interesting yeah they were it was interesting i don't think it was i don't think it was terrible the ending okay oh well look okay (laughs) mayor of east town yeah, yeah, we all have an appreciation of like what's going on in our industry because that's it's all of our industry, right? Mm-hmm. And they're executing, I think, the best way possible. I'm from what I'm hearing and what I understand, keeping as many people as safe as possible. So yeah. like, we have an appreciation of all those people that have risked their lives to give us entertainment while yeah. we're sitting at home doing nothing (laughs) um it doesn't mean that it translates or it works every time but just like we know with our different projects like you sometimes gotta throw shit at the wall and see what sticks some stuff hasn't but they made it anyway which is freaking art so awesome and then like some sometimes you get mayor of east town yeah sometimes you just get mayor of east town and sometimes you just get kate winslet and i have a bone to pick with the directors and the producers and maybe it is based on a book but don't you ever not for another 10 years make Kate Winslet a grandma (laughs) I have a big problem with that okay well I think the town is like the teenage (laughs) yeah everyone's doing it young I think it was more that she'll always be 18 year old Rose to me (laughs) oh and I'd like to add to the when we were saying this has like so much going on, it is truly grounded in reality, like where it's believable. It's not like things are coming out of left field. It's just like things are piling on, obviously, to keep the story interesting and suspenseful. And it is a crime drama um, surrounding a death of a young woman in the town. But it's like everything is so it feels so real and believable where you're along for the ride you're still there on the ride and you're not taken out of it by like oh another thing it's just they do it so well and that's also like like you said a test to Kate Winslet but all the actors like they're all so in it and committed that this town just you believe every single of the every single one of the characters and there's a lot of characters and they all know each other (laughs) because they're all grew up together yeah they're in this small town oh just go watch it just 
Go watch yeah. it and tell us what you think. I love that it was all of ours and maybe we'll have to have a little chat when we finish it and just tell people to fast forward a little bit if we want to yeah. discuss it. I, I love it. Well, it, I think it's perfect because next episode we'll have our listener notes, questions, comments, and then we can have our season wrap up and then we would have watched the episode by then too. Yes. I love so it. It's perfect. So you guys have uh, a couple days, a few, one week. To, to catch up on Mayor of Easttown if you haven't watched it yet, because we will be giving all the spoilers on the next episode. And Period. don't worry, once you press play, you're gonna keep rolling. So it's, if it's Memorial now, Weekend. You have nothing to do this weekend. Nothing to do but watch this. Maybe go to the pool, get a tan. Especially if you are not vaccinated, you better stay inside the house. <laughs> watch Mayor of Eastwood. East what East Town. Hmm. <laughs> East, don't even know the name. I, I, I kept wanting to say Eastwick. I do too. I used to love that movie, Witches of Eastwick. Yes. I was named after a character in that movie, actually. Uh -huh. Oh, that's a fun fact. I yeah. didn't know. Fun fact. We'll drop fun facts from now on for every episode and every season, and then we'll have a quiz at the end of the season. Um, yeah, Cher plays a character named Alexandra, and while my mom was pregnant, she she is obsessed with Cher, and she was watching a movie, and she was like, "That's that's it." And I I like witchy things, so it all kind of that's worked perfect. out. It just and just to bring it back to me, that was my favorite movie. <laughs> well, yeah, and, so that's and my best friend is named after my favorite movie that i'm sorry not a lot of black kids were watching uh witches of eastwick <laughs> in the 90s stop it i just i just want to put that out there so love it fate <laughs> born to be yay together. to fate <laughs> and just the the fate of all be brought us all together hey. that's all i got that I was mean, some celtic got. bullshit we were real weird today with the East Wake thing. I mean, East Town thing. So. Yeah. So watch it. That's your hot give. That's all you get. Yeah. That's all you got today. Uh, I mean, still, still donate to, still donate to the um, Indian. Um, um, sorry, uh, donations they're taking, she's still taking donations for uh, the nonprofit that has helped the children in India. If you don't know, uh, India's being uh, hit with coronavirus really, really bad. So please, yeah. please, please. A beautiful reminder, America's opening up and we're able to go back to work, but let's still help out others who are less fortunate than us. Absolutely. All of the passion and um and passion yeah <laughs> all of the passion that we had this time last year for what was going on in the world even though maybe some of the craziest craziness is gone let's keep the good feelings and the good vibes and the good intentions going thank you for listening to cali made us do it if you liked our episode please like and subscribe it will help us in the charts you can follow us on Instagram at Callie Made Us Do It. We'd also like to thank RoboPop for our theme music. Callie Made Us Do It is edited and produced in-house by the three of us, Alex, Kristen, and Jody. See you next week with our next episode. <laughs>